Welcome to Monster Chats, presented by Monster VoIP, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales and organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions that come up during today's episode, please text them to 424-378-6966. Please welcome the founder of Monster VoIP, your host, Colin Mitchell. All right. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with Steve Nettleberg of Ball On The Ball Ventures. Steve and I are going to be talking about sales, sales process, business, de- business development, and personal branding. I'm Colin Mitchell, the founder of Monster VoIP and your host of Monster Chats. Steve Nettleberg is the host of Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, and is a speaker, sales trainer, and author. Steve's core philosophy is is to ignite individuals and teams by enhancing their awareness about small yet powerful changes they can make to instantly sharpen individual performance. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you doing? Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been uh, following your exploits, and so uh, congratulations. I always love to see uh, young entrepreneurs making their way through it, man. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate that. So, be, you know, before we get started, which we're going to be talking about today, uh, small but powerful changes that can ignite individuals and teams, uh, your sales process and how to uh, take on business development, as well as some tips for personal branding. Uh, but before we jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and kind of how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I appreciate the opportunity. So, uh I've been in sales for 40 years, uh, so I've, I've seen all of the trends and all of the different things that have happened to the sales environment. And for me, the one common denominator through all of it has always been the people. And I've enjoyed meeting people, getting to know them. I'm insatiably curious about what makes people tick, what makes their passions and that has been the driving force between, b- b- behind most of my success because I always valued the personal relationship much more than the transaction. And I have obviously the, the background to, uh, to, you know, to prove that. So I am what they call an entrepreneur, which when I was growing up, that word didn't even exist, which is kind of funny. I, my friends over at Shark Tank have made that kind of uh, sexy but, you know, the reality is I, I really always felt like I was unemployable. I always wanted to be sort of a master of my own destiny. So I started my own companies early. I partnered with people. I've always been, afraid, um, always been interested in trying new stuff. And I think the overriding thing for me, and one of the things when I stand up in front of audiences and, and speak is the reason why I've been successful is I've been willing to fail more than anybody. Mm. So, you know, it's not, I don't have any secret sauce. I don't have any, you know, magic potion. I think that there are people in the training space that want to come in and say, bam, 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 pay me this money and I'll fix everything. And what you come to find out, and that's why I talk about it, small incremental changes, little shifts in how you think, what you do on a daily basis, discipline and consistency are the things that make any athlete or any great entrepreneur. So I focus on the details. I've had a great life. My, uh, I'm just so blessed. My son just took over the company as president. And he, after 10 years of coaching college football, 
brings all of that discipline to it. So we're having a blast. We're uniquely positioned in this digital space. So uh, life is good in spite of what the news media might want to tell you. I know, but it's important, you know, to see people like yourself staying positive and giving people encouragement, especially, you know, times like now uh, when we're dealing with, you know, the coronavirus. You know, I I've, have the benefit of living through lots of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it reminds me most, um, you know, the, the most recent one was 9-11. And 9-11 was unheard of. It was such a shock to our system. We always, as a country, thought we were invincible. And so trust was taken out of the atmosphere. And, you know, I was involved in, a, you know, our company at that point was doing major sports marketing deals with athletes and teams. And, you know, the, the reality was it just stopped. It was, it was over. And reinvention, a reevaluation, all of those things, when the merry-go-round stops, you can look at it as negative, or I look at it as a pause button. Okay, everybody stop. Take a look at what we're doing good. Take a look at what we're doing bad. We will come out of it. No one knows when. So I think mm-hmm. that indecision kind of freaks people out. But the ones who prepare and look at what they do well and get better at it, are the ones that come out and this one will be no different. Yeah, I love that. I, I want to go back for a second because one thing you said that I really loved was that, you know, a lot of your success has come from just being willing to fail. Yeah, I think, you know, people get caught up in uh, this uh, straight line to success. And, you know, the reality is it just doesn't happen that way. Um, my um, radar um, I get involved with other people that are passionate. I'm willing to try. And my ability to know that I will never question my work ethic allows me to say I gave it everything I had, but it just didn't work out. That You can't control everything. And, you know, people call it luck or timing. And I, I think all that's bullshit. I, I think the reality is you get in, you work real hard, and you make your own luck. And sometimes you're too early, sometimes you're too late, sometimes you miss something. But if you learn something from every failure, it informs mm-hmm. the next time you do something. And God, I've had so many that, you know, I have friends of mine would say, dude, you're always like saying, this is the one, this is the unicorn. <laughs> and I would say to them, if I didn't think that way, why would I get involved in the first place? So, you know, even my team would look to me and go, like, how could you be so optimistic? And I go, you have a choice. You can look at the downside. What does the downside get you? Nothing. The upside is all about potential and all about possibilities. And I love that. And so that's what gets me up in the morning. Uh, That's what drives me. I mean, I was one of those guys in high school that they would have spent any amount of money to tell you that I would never write a book. And I wrote a book. So anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, that, um, at least for me as an entrepreneur, right. I mean, I've failed way more times than I've succeeded, you know, and, and a lot of people are not willing to admit that, you know, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that's the big paradigm shift is that it's not a beauty contest. I'm not, you know, I don't have any need to impress you. You know, I know what I'm capable of doing. I know what I do. 
And so owning those failures and, and figuring out why I failed is part of the journey. It's been fantastic. And I will tell you that my audiences um, and, and my clients relate to that in such a great way because I don't go in there saying, listen, I have a crystal ball. I know how to fix everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I think is best always. No one in the room will ever outwork me. So mm-hmm. let's go. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. put on the, the uniform and let's roll. And that's got to be quite different than a lot of trainers in your space. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people go to a trainer or a consultant thinking like, hey, this guy's supposed to have all the answers and they're supposed to be this straight path to success. And that's not always the case. There's just too many variables. Would you agree? Yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons, so I've been, as I said, an entrepreneur for, you know, many, many, many years ago, uh, years, Uh, a couple of years ago, six years ago, one of my friends and clients in the banking industry said, Hey, you know, I'd really love for you to come in and work with my team. And I go, I don't really do that. I sort of work with my own companies. He goes, you'd be fantastic. You're like a breath of fresh air to the space because you actually do it. And I found that to be my secret sauce is that everything I get involved in every engagement, whether it's one-on-one or one-to-many or CEOs that I work with. And I put myself in that seat and I go, what would I do in this scenario? And I'm not afraid to share that. And, you know, I think, you know, especially in the sales culture, I'm one of those guys that says, listen, cold calling is dead. And I posted that in social media four or five years ago. And people were like all over me, like really negative. Oh, that's just because you suck at it. And I go, good. If I was going to suck at anything, I'm okay sucking at cold calling. But the idea of cold calling in general was one of those things that, you know, oh, yeah, okay. That's the way they used to do it. That's the most expensive vocabulary in an organization. That's just the way we used to do it. I want to come up with new, innovative ways to meet people at scale. The tools are here. Look at what we're doing. You're in LA and, or in California. I'm in Palm Beach. And we're having a really cool face-to-face dialogue. Yet prior to this event, this pandemic, mm-hmm. very few salespeople use this environment. We've been you know, treating our clients to this opportunity for a while. We've created sales processes that are all virtual until you earn the right to get face-to-face. And I don't think people are willing to do that. They're just, hey, we're in the same pool. I'm going to swim up next to you and pitch you my stuff. I think that part is dead. So, you know, it's for me, it's fun because I have my own companies. I'm involved in a half a dozen companies that I'm responsible for driving new revenue. I just um, invested in a new company. Uh, it's not a new company, but they have a new product, an oat-based um, ice cream called mm. No Bull. And I'm in that working as hard as everybody in the organization. I'm this, not the consultant that goes, oh, here's the playbook, go do it. Mm-hmm. I'm heavily involved. And to me, I love the startup mentality. I love, you know, working it to get to the next step. So I'm yeah. more of a builder than like, once we get there, I, I tend to lose interest. So yeah. <laughs> it's, the challenge lights you up. You know, it's like, so I've, I've brought my network to this opportunity. And you being from California, you probably know John Sally. Uh, John Sally's a friend of mine. We've done lots of work together. Well, he's a vegan. 
It was the first thing I did was I sent him a case of the ice cream and he goes, dude, this is great. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? You know, so, you know, I think, you know, if I wanted my messages to everybody that your network really equals your net worth, mm. who you know and how they know you and social media has changed the game for people. So the more people that are being introduced to it, the more people are investing in building who they are, not what they do. The results are spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's, let's go. Um, let's get into it. Let's, you know, tell me you cold calling is dead, right? That's a bold statement. That'll ruffle some feathers. Oh, so yeah. let, let's take that into like, Hey, the small but powerful changes that you can make to ignite individuals and teams. Right? So what's replacing cold calls? What can people do different? And let's dig into that. Great. So let's break it down. So the mere name cold calling means I've done nothing except pick up the phone and interrupt your day to sell you something that I want to sell you. Yeah. Fundamentally, when you break it down like that, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. What? Does anybody answer their phone anyway? No. So, you know, voicemail, um, 4% redemption, email 1%. So the tools that salespeople were used to using just don't work. So, oh, you got to do numbers. You got to make hundreds and hundreds mm -hmm. of calls. Well, you're swimming in an ocean where you've done nothing other than the actual effort of making that call. I believe the tools are there to find out who you're calling, what, what you know about them, you know, how all of that might affect why they need your product or how you could connect. And so, you know, connecting with people at scale, and I use this example, I'm from New York, if you haven't been able to figure that out. Um, and if you were standing in Starbucks, when we used to be able to stand in Starbucks, um, and someone in front of you started talking that they were from New York, you would easily engage in a conversation. You're from New York? Oh, so am I. Oh, blah, 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 blah. who's your favorite team? And you, you could talk for 20 minutes without telling anybody what you did. And that gives people an opportunity to decide whether they like you or not. And I think that's the key to opening up the rest of the journey that says, wow, I really like you, Colin. Mm -hmm. What do you do for a living? How do you do it? Could we work together? Can I refer you to people? So I, I don't think people give the right amount of attention to the opening act. How am I introducing myself to people at scale and having really relevant dialogue that leads to um, the openness about, and, and I would tell you, I, we don't do proposals. We don't do, we don't do what most sales teams do because you earn the right all the way along to where the client goes, you're my choice. What do we need to do? Tell me, what does it look like? What do I need to spend? And let's go. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's too much work done in forcing it to people. And, you know, the takeaway is you make great relationships and, you know, the, this is a game of awareness. The more people that are aware of you, the more people that can consider what you do, and the more people that can consider it are considering it, the more people can actually make a decision to do it. So that funnel is different than it's ever been before. And by cold calling, nobody is aware of you. You're just mm -hmm. like everybody else. So I think the effort should be on behavior, not on outcomes. And that, while controversial, when it works, it works to such a degree that you have 
incredible success um, on many different platforms besides growth and revenue. Mm-hmm. So what are you suggesting for your average sales folk that if they're going to say, okay, I'm done with cold calls, now what? So, so that's an interesting comment. So we never recommend to anybody to move from one to the other. We, we believe that there's a bridge. Mm-hmm. So whatever activities you're doing now, you can't just stop doing that. You got to start investing in other ways to do it and then migrate yourself when you have success. Cold turkey is not going to help anybody. Right. So, and I think that's been refreshing to our clients that we work with who have said, hey, we want to invest. We want our salespeople to look at something different. We want to modernize the sales process. How do we do that without cre- you know, creating a stopgap, if you will, or stop right. going on now? And so it's migration. And so using new tools, getting more comfortable with them. Um, video is really, really popular. Zoom is really popular. The mindset of how do I create relationships at scale mm-hmm. is a very deep investment in LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, uh, all of the social media channels. How did you and I meet? We met through LinkedIn. Right. So, you know, that doesn't happen in the real world as much as it can happen here. So, and how did you want to create a relationship with me? Cause you got to see who I am. Right. That right, right. So, you know, where most people, most salespeople are pushing the boulder up the mountain every month going, Oh my God, where's my next deal going to come from? Mm-hmm. Healthy pipeline development comes from meeting people at scale and developing massive amount of relationships. And it's fun. That's why they call it social. Yeah. And, you know, to go back to video, right? There's something that, you know, sales professionals should know is you got to turn the camera on. Doing a Zoom with the video off is not doing you any justice. Correct. (laughs) I mean, I I consult a lot of um, sales professionals, CEOs who say, well, I'm already using LinkedIn. I got it all down and Mm -hmm. I'll go look at their posts and I'll go, well, there's one major thing missing from this. And they'll go, what? And I'll go, you, it's like you're starring in the movie, but you don't show up in any of the scenes. So I want to see you. I want to know who you are. What do you love? Um, Whatever your passions are, could you imagine being able to do business with people who had the same passion? Wow. You know, so I'm a football guy. I love football professional. Both of my boys have been in college football coaching. You know, I'm a Gator you know, that either starts a conversation or ends a conversation. You know? <laughs> There's always that, oh my God, you know, like when I talk to people from Georgia, it's the first thing I start with. I go, oh, you're a bulldog. We're, gonna, we're never going to get along. You know, great. That's a whole different conversation than, hi, can I talk to you about my product, please? Yeah. You know, so I don't pitch. I don't believe in pitching. I become friends with people. I uncover pain. And if I'm capable of, helping them, you know, solve it. I do most of the time I, I can't, but I can refer them to somebody who can. Wow. There's a real stunner. You oh, know, so I, know. I reach out to people and I say, who can I introduce you to, to help your business? And they go, what are you talking about? I go legitimately who, and they'll like, they'll like get offended. Yeah. What do you mean you want to introduce? I know a lot of people I'm heavily yeah. invested in my brand on social yeah. media. Tell me who you want to meet. And they go, what's the catch? Yeah. 
<laughs> I know. There isn't there. You know? it, it's it's people are shocked when you just genuinely want to help them, you know, because it's it, it's it's not normal. It's not the norm, you know. So when, uh, when I was building my one of my first big businesses, um, I taught all of my salespeople to earn the right to be one of the choices when they made a decision to buy in our category, <clears throat> cell phones. And they were like, like they had a hard time digesting. What do you mean? You don't want me to sell it today? I go, no, because people could smell when you're trying to sell it. Mm -hmm. Just be informative and just make friends and say, listen, I just want to leave here knowing that when and if you ever make a purchase, we're one of the decisions. And the, like, the weight would leave out of the room. People would be so excited and so great. So for me, and I write about it in my book, one of the rules in my book is give to get. So I would sit down in front of decision makers then. I do it consistently now. Tell me a little bit about your business, Colin. Who's your, what's your sweet spot? What's your dream client look like? I don't know. Maybe I know somebody that I can introduce you to. The minute I introduce you to somebody that can be a client of yours, Mm -hmm. You will never, ever forget me forever. Just never mm -hmm. happen. Whether we do business or not is irrelevant, but you'll never forget me. And anytime that the opportunity comes up where someone's talking about what I do, you go, you know what? You should talk to this guy, Steve. Mm -hmm. So very, the world is very reciprocal. If you put enough out, it comes back. But most yeah. people aren't willing to do that. So Yeah. Why, why isn't there more people doing things that way? <laughs> well, there are more people doing it. That's the movement. That's what people are moving to. It's a smaller percentage than the masses. But, you know, I, two of my biggest clients, um, Dex Imaging, which we talked about before, and mm -hmm. Worldwide Express, are both monster successful companies who are looking to modernize their sales process, not change it. They have aggressive, good people. They take care of their people. So they've brought us in to really just migrate them to a newer, better way because anybody who's been cold calling their whole career will tell you it's a burnout. And it's just, yeah. how, how long can you keep that pace when we show people, hey, there's a better way. And so and it's much yeah. more fun. It's much more, uh, the, the rewards are much broader than just mm -hmm. the, and is it just marrying those new ways of doing things with the old ways? So it's a, it's very process driven. So uh, I gave that to my boys discipline. They took it to college football. Now my, uh, my older son is bringing it back to us, um, how to evaluate and, you know, they, they keep score and there's grading and all like that. So he's bringing that back to the sales world, world, which I'm really excited about, but it is a fusion of old school. I was brought up in the retail world. My grandfather was the best trainer ever because he kicked my ass. If I didn't do something right, he was all over me, man. <laughs> my grandfather, what are you doing, you know? But that kind of training is gone. You know, we're in this world where everybody's so, you know, I don't want to say anything that offends you. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's not going to happen on the football field. That doesn't happen in the real world. You know, you want to get better, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. And if you're willing to make yourself uncomfortable, some of these new tools, like getting in front of video, it's mm -hmm. really uncomfortable for people. They're free. Whoa, I've never done it. And they'll look at me and they go, wow, you're really good at it. I sucked in the beginning. You know? yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. you just get better if you do it more. So, you know, right. I think 
I think if you really look at yourself and say, am I willing to push myself to a place where I'm uncomfortable? That's where the goodies are. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, all right. So let's be real quick. We're going to take a break. Just tell you what we do here at Monster VoIP. Uh, We help companies save 30 to 50% off their business phone bill by providing them more value and features than what they might have today. If you'd like to learn more, you can text us at 424-378-6966. Steve, thanks so much for your time so far. There's some real nuggets in there. I have a question based on what you just said. So you offered up, you know, what business you're in. Yeah. And I would venture to say it's a pretty competitive space, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So at the end of the day, the real differentiating point is you. It's mm-hmm. how you provide the service, how you provide the aftercare, something mm-hmm. about you that people are buying. It's not voice over IP because you can no. buy that anywhere. No, no, of course not. Yeah, no. uh, absolutely not. Uh, they don't buy because of the product or the service. Frankly, they don't care about that. It's the brand. It's the sir. It's the, it's the customer experience, and it's the problem that we solve. Like you know, here, if we don't find a problem that we can solve, we don't pursue the sale at all. We don't care if we can save them money. If there's not a challenge that they're experiencing that we can assist them in, then we we don't pursue the sale. Which is new thinking because old school thinking would have been, I'm going to jam this down your throat. I've got the on the hook, I've got the fish, and I'm going to work really, really hard to bring it yeah. in the boat, no matter what. I'm going to expend all my energy doing that when you could say, you know what? We're good. You're in a good place. Yeah. I'm going to move on, find somebody new. But if you know of anybody else that has yeah. a problem, please refer them. Yeah. That's how you scale a business. Yeah. I mean, today I got off a call, and just a real quick short story, but um, it was a, it was a large opportunity. And at the end of the conversation, it was very clear um, that we could not help them. And I said, you know what? I'm more than happy to point you in a direction where you can get help, but we're not the answer for you. You know. So we're going to drive this home with some tips for personal branding. I know that's something you're very passionate about and can shed some light for people that are, you know, have no idea what it even means to personal brand themselves. So, so I, I, when I, ever someone asked me about this, I ask them one question. If I said fast food hamburgers to you, what would you say? Uh, nothing. I don't know. I don't, I don't eat burgers. So, okay. <laughs> so you ruined my experiment and I'm leaving the show and that's it. Uh, <laughs> most people would say McDonald's because okay. that's the biggest brand in that space. If I said overnight delivery, you might say FedEx. You know, if I said computers, you might say Apple. Well, what that means is, is that brands live in someone else's mind. Mm -hmm. There's an emotion that uh, brands create. Nike is a good one. When people buy Nike, they feel good. It makes them Mm -hmm. feel good about themselves. And so when it comes to personal branding, there are things about you that you leave that mark in other people. And so I'll leave you with a great tip for you and your audience. We use this all the time. It's a great exercise. If your brand, Colin, was a car, what kind of car would it be? And we go through all the exercises and go around the room and 
boom, you tell me whatever car you think you are. And I would say, doesn't matter. And you would go, what do you mean it doesn't matter? Because what you should do is go ask all of the people that are closest mm. to you, if my brand was a car, what would it be? So whatever brand you think you are, doesn't really matter. It matters what they think. And mm. if those don't match, then you're not aligned and you think you're something like, and we hear people say it all the time, I'm a Maserati. All right, great. Well, listen, if your clients and friends and wife think you're a Pinto, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a Prius. Maybe a Prius. Doesn't make being a Pinto bad because branding, especially personal branding, is genuine and authentic. It's basically mm. sharing with people who you genuinely are because if I am introduced to your brand and my expectation is something, and then I meet you and you're not that, trust is mm -hmm. gone, I'm out. Never buying from right. you again. Right. So, you know, I've had, I, I'm okay with people saying, I don't like that guy at all. Fantastic, great. For me, I don't need to spend any time with you. I'm gonna just spend time with people that do like me. Yeah. And in sales, it's a numbers game anyway. No one said I would sell everybody. God, if I sell three out of every 10 people, I'm in the hall of fame. So all of this brand mentality is who are you genuinely? Who are you authentically? How do you live? What do you love? I, I am legitimately a high energy guy. My book is authentically my process. I wake up every day at 3.30. I do certain things. I think certain things. I'm a Jet fan. I throw that out there. Me and Gary V suffer every Sunday. Um, but those are things that you, you can't fake. So it's, not, you know, once you find that out about me, they're all pillars of, wow, I really like this guy. Mm -hmm. um, in most cases, people say, man, you have more energy than anybody I've ever had. That's a training. That's a mental conditioning that says I'm, and I write about it in the book, how do I show up? How do I live my life every day? I don't live my life with my head up my ass. I just don't do it. None <laughs> of the magic happens that way. I'm here. I'm showing up, good or bad. You know, if it's raining, okay, it's raining. It's my fault. You know, I don't blame anybody. I don't live a life of excuses. That is very intimidating to some people. They go, oh, he's way too strong, way too loud. Great, fantastic. You know, some people like vanilla, some people like chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, I, I love that exercise. So let's talk about that for a second. So um, you ask them what type of car they think they are. Then they ask their friends or closest customers what, you know, car they would, you know, say they are. Now, how do they, if, if, if they're not being authentic online and they're portraying that they're this fancy car, but authentically they're not, how do you, how do you work on that? So um, we have all kinds of exercises that mm. make people get in touch with who they really are. Mm. One of them is list the 25 adjectives that people have used in your life to describe you. Whoa. The 25 is a lot, but it's a journey. So we yeah. get them thinking about, you know, think about when the, what, call a recent client and say to them, hey, listen, thanks for your business. I'm doing a marketing exercise. If my brand was a car, what would it be and why? How do you see me? Because if you can duplicate that, 
Mm-hmm. They bought you. They drank the Kool-Aid already. They already know they made a decision on you. So why are you trying to be a Jaguar when you're not, man? You're a Ford. Be proud to be a Ford. Built tough. It's okay. Whatever you are. Yeah. Yeah. When we hired people in our organization, we did it for years. We did that exercise because ultimately we found success that people that thought like we did or Mm -hmm. thought about the company the way we did – and so people would ask us, well, what, was, what were you? You know, we were BMW straight through and through. And they go, well, why BMW? Well, and sometimes it's easier to find out what you're not. We're not Mercedes, too stuffy, older brand, sort of not that. We're not Audi yet. Audi's mm. a little bit more technology, mm. you know, technology and stuff like that. But we're a premium brand, high performance. We're a machine. That's mm-hmm. how our, our company operated. And if you understood that, that informed what the culture would be like. And people self-deselected. I don't want to be in that. That's too fast, too forward. I don't want to do that. Great. Fantastic. I'm not selling you the job. You're mm-hmm. qualified. But so all of this is culture and all of this works together in a way that um, you still have individuals, but you sort of have an understanding. Like I don't hire salespeople based on all being the same, I hire them being genuine. But the company brand lives separately. That has a breath of its own. Wasn't my brand. I separated from that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not easy work. Um, It's simple work, but it's not easy. And when you get people to open up and break down the barriers, Mm -hmm. they're much more comfortable being who they are. And then it's very genuine and just be who you are because that's what people are buying from you anyway. So mm-hmm. you can find this a lot in banking. People buy the, the banker, not the name on the door. Mm-hmm. Or bank changed names that got bought by somebody else. Okay, I don't care. I'm doing business with you. If you left and went across the street, I'm doing business with you. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really empowering to salespeople who get it, who know that they can build their own voice we, we, we use a term called excess share of voice. I have a pretty big voice on LinkedIn and people go, wow, man, you're like all over it. Every time I open up, you're there it's by design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to pull the whole thing together, our whole conversation, it is incumbent upon the sales universe to market themselves, not for the company to market them. Mm-hmm. And that's generally where people went to work for a company. Mm-hmm. They de- develop leads through their advertising or yellow pages, whatever. Here's the good leads. Well, that day is over. Mm-hmm. Not happening again. You got to market yourself with them on your backpack. And that's where great success is. And it's, I don't think it's ever been easier. I don't think it's ever been more fun. Um, we have this little blip in the map. I posted a video that was hugely received because I said, if you are asking your quest- yourself the question, should I be prospecting during this time? My answer is hell yes. Mm -hmm. There's never been a better time to offer yourself as a resource, offer help, meet new people. The minute you start selling, you look like a moron. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stop selling, start being genuine and solving problems. And that's where all the success is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing there's got to be some disconnect between the car that they think they are, the car that their customers say they are, and the car that they really are. 
Um, not so much. You see, there is more alignment now. I think people are more aware of who they genuinely are. Um, but it's always a fun exercise because mm-hmm. there's always someone who is completely disconnected and can't see it. Everybody else in the room can. Mm-hmm. Or more importantly, um, when they ask me what kind of brand, you know, they say, hey, well, what about you? And blah, 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 you know, and someone say, you know, well, well, I don't know. You're, uh, you know, you're like, like a Prius. Somebody <laughs> said it at one of my events and I go, wow, you think I'm a Prius? <laughs> what, what, what did I not do for you? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with the Prius. You get, good, you get great miles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all fun and, and, you know, tongue in cheek, but I'm clearly not a Prius. Uh, so it's just fun. It's, it's, it's very engaging. I find it. Um, I find a lot of the sales professionals mm-hmm. we work with take the exercise and go back to their existing uh, clients and have fun with it. Hey, I'm doing this exercise. What do you think? It's a great way to stir up conversation. But at the end of the day, the people who are still selling, you know, and I, I love when I hear this, you know, uh, well, here's 101 ways to close the deal. And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, seriously, man, you know, and this is what totally sends them off. They'll go, okay, well, when does the close happen? In the first three seconds. Everybody watching this in the first three seconds said, this is a guy I want to listen to or not. And either way, it's okay. But that's real. That's genuine. And if you listen, you get what you want. And if you didn't, you missed out. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, and I'm sure there's some ways to be able to be more in, in sync with that, right? Like, I like it when prospects say no, because then I don't have to waste my time right? I can move on. Um, and, and you don't spin your wheels, right? So if, if you can find a way to, to, you know, make that value prop quicker and, and find out, hey, do they want to do business with you or not? Well, so I have two answers to that. Mm-hmm. Number one is I spend time building the relationship and people say, when's the, t- the, the right time to move? Mm-hmm. You know when it's the right time to move it along in your pipeline. But when I do move it along, I tell them straight up front, Colin, listen, it's been great getting to know you. You're a great dude. You and I can have beers after five o'clock any day. I just want to let you know it's A-OK for you to say no to what we were talking about. Mm. Go, what? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not going to be offended. It's going to be really good. So let's just remove that as a barrier to us being friends. If we can work yeah. together and that's great. And if we can't just say, no, it doesn't fit. You'll never hear from it again. We'll still be friends and go, mm. I've never heard of anybody doing like that. Mm, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you remove the pressure? Cause where the bog down is in most sales processes is someone's afraid to hear no. And the mm. other person doesn't want to say no. So the stalemate, of non-return calls and months and months of keeping it in your pipeline, I do it right up front. Hey, listen, way cool if you say no. As a matter of fact, the earlier the better. No, not now, whatever of that stuff is cool with me, because then we're up front. We're gonna start out being honest with each other and you never know where that'll lead. And people just don't, aren't willing to do the work to do enough of those. They right. hang on to stuff in their pipeline that goes, oh, well, they may close. They may. Come on. Yeah. They weren't going to be a deal from the start. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's such a, I mean, it goes against everything that they've been taught their whole career, right? 
So it's, 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 the, it's such a new way of part, doing things. But the hardest part is unlearning, mm. you know, that, that this learned behavior for so long. So uh, I love people who are just getting in the game, rookies, yeah. you know, just getting in. Um, people find my book, call me, hey, I just got started. I implemented a few rules. Will you spend a few minutes with me? And I say yes. And they go, wow, I can't believe you said yes. Hmm. And I'll go, didn't you ask me to spend a few minutes with you? I was like, wait a minute. You know? uh, they go, yeah, well, most people are full of it. They're, no, call me. What is it going to take two minutes out of my life to steer you in the right direction? Maybe we become friends. You just, you just never know. Right. So, you know, that's how I spend my time. Awesome. That is fantastic. We are just about out of time. Uh, Steve, so much. Uh, thank you so much for your time and your investment. Welcome to the Monster Chats community. Uh, before we let you go, tell us, you know, where people can find you online, where they can get more information if they have questions. So I was blessed with the last name Noodleberg. So uh, N-U-D-E-L-B-E-R-G. You would be hard pressed not to find us anywhere on social or anywhere on the web. We, I, and our team post a tremendous amount of what I consider to be very valuable content mm -hmm. with no expectation in return. I'm teaching, you know, showing, doing, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm highly engaged. So um, if you reach out, it will be me that responds. I have a great team, but I don't think that that's genuine to have somebody else respond in my, my behalf. Uh, people help me organize that stuff, but it will be me. You do mm -hmm. talk to me. As you know, uh, our, we, the guy who helps me run my life, his title is Director of MIH, uh, making it happen. So Shay in my office schedules me every 15, 20 minutes, or in this case, longer. And I'm going, 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 and doing, and moving from one to the other. So I'm highly accessible, and I'm yeah. happy to help you and your business and anybody who needs to help. Fantastic. And where can they find your book? Uh, so um, if you reach out to me or uh, noodleberg.com, you'll see it available there. If you circumvent that and go right to us, um, I'll sign the book and send it to you. And I am highly committed to charity. Uh, Udonis Haslam, who plays for the Miami Heat, or actually used to play for the Miami Heat, is committed to feeding South Florida. And so anybody who wants my book, reach out now. You won't be buying the book from me. You'll be sending a donation to uh, Feeding South Florida, and I'll sign it and send it to you. So uh, you know, it's all about giving back and being a good corporate citizen. Awesome. Incredible. All right. Well, Steve, thanks so much. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share, and we are open to hearing the, your feedback as well. The show is for you. Thanks again, Steve. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Monster Chats, presented by Monster Voip, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales in organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions from today's show and want to reach us directly, please text your question to 424-378-6966.